Welcome to the Good, the Bad and the Ugly Innovation Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to people who walk the walk, solving real innovation problems and developing startups. Peter Ronk is a Dutchman living in Dublin and is a serial entrepreneur who has been involved in some very interesting startups. Peter talks about how one of his early and innovative companies broke new ground and nearly made the big time. Then, taking those early lessons, Peter and his business partner, Ronan Higgins, have built a very successful and innovative company, TV Ad Sync. This is in the convergent TV analytics and advertising space, and he'll explain all that. If you look at Peter's story, you can see how persistence, hard work, creativity, and some luck makes all the difference in establishing and growing a successful startup. Finally, as with all our guests, Peter nominates a favorite piece of music to play out on. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer Digital Onboarding, netzer.com. We provide digital onboarding and customer digital channel management solutions to a wide range of verticals, including mobile operators, MVNOs, eSIM providers, financial institutions, and charities. Please contact us at netzer.com or email pat.flynn at netzer.com and we'd be glad to understand your business requirements. This week's guest is Peter Ankh. He is a Dutchman living in Dublin for the last 14 years and has done some pretty amazing things in his career. Uh, we're going to learn about that now. I think it would be fair to say, Peter, um, you're a natural entrepreneur by any measure, from what I know of what you've done. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, thanks, Pat. <laughs> nice to be on the show. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> so you, you you are have done, I don't know how many startups you've done, but uh, there's certainly some of them are really interesting and ahead of their time. Maybe just give a bit of your background first, Peter, and people can get to know you. Yeah, sure. I've, I've always been interested in, in technology, what technology can do and achieve. Back to our decade and a half, out of college, I always had sort of, uh, early career jobs that exposed me to a lot of different uh, companies, both startups and, and uh, established businesses. So I worked as a consultant with a, an exports and trade development body back in the, uh, the late 90s. Uh, I worked on organizing conferences for technology in, in, in Amsterdam. But I came across a company uh, that set up an MVNO back in uh, 2004-05. Around the time I was moving uh, moving to uh, to Ireland, to planning to move My wife is, is Irish, that's uh, kind mm-hmm. of ended up here. This is an MVNO uh, with a very simple premise that if you were part of the uh, uh, part of the, uh, the subscriber base, you would be able to dedicate a portion of your mobile bill to uh, a charity of your choosing. So it's a nice nice concept. It worked well. It's called Call for Care. It was it was call. What was it called, Peter? A call for care. Call for care. Okay. So so it started in the Netherlands and then I joined a couple of guys who were trying to launch it in other markets. And so it was a startup with four people at the time. I was the I was the fourth, and uh, spent a couple of years working with them to uh, try to get that off the ground. And eventually, uh, it did launch in other markets, but didn't really quite catch on. I think the the, the, the general sense is the. The practical nature of tying your mobile phone subscription service to uh, a charity of your choice doesn't quite make sense. Um, so, a good lesson to learn. Got me 
lot of exposure into the, um, the, the workings of, uh, of uh, mobile network operators in general and exposure to, to the device sites. So about 2008 or so, uh, I did a first startup of my own with a friend, long-time business partner, Ronan Higgins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the concept was pretty simple. We, we, we'd seen that there were a, a bunch of um, uh, advanced feature phones that, uh, at that time. This is before iPhone, before Android. And what you could do is connect into the internet with your phone and do a bunch of stuff with your phone that you weren't able to do before, uh, like uh, access Facebook, um, do your online banking, etc. But also to, uh, to to use the GPS or cell tower uh, information in the phone to uh, to work out, let's say, local search. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, what, what would be a feature that combines the, uh, the, the, the popularity of Facebook with the fact that you can use location or leverage location in a new way. So we said, what if we built a way for phones to figure out how close they are to each other and whether it's of interest to let someone know that your friend Pat is now nearby. Mm-hmm. So we, we built a rudimentary prototype that basically used the cell tower identifiers that are stored in the device. We built it for uh, Sony Ericsson phones, uh, Nokia uh, phones, uh, Motorola phones, kind of the phones that were popular at the time. Went to market, got some, uh, some people to, 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 to trial the service and uh, build an integration that pulled your Facebook friends' IDs from, uh, from Facebook and basically let you see where your friends were at any given time. So, neat concept. We got to, let's say, about 50,000 users. Uh, uh, in, in, uh, 50,000? 50,000 users. So, so that was quite an advanced concept for the time. It's something we take for granted now, but this would have been new to the market where, where you could spot your your friends, your your family, and yeah. you used it. Um, that's quite a sophisticated idea. And you got 50,000 users, quite impressive for um, that type of startup. Yeah, so with, with that in, in hand, we went to a, a bunch of potential investors. We won an innovation prize, a bunch of innovation prizes for it. And uh, through the course of, of pitching investors, uh, we kept hearing the same arguments of, uh, would you not make it into an enterprise? Uh, enterprise and mm-hmm. software platform doing things like uh, uh, if you know where you are you can get access to a taxi or if you know where you are you can uh, mm-hmm. you can have a cheap feature phone report location of your cargo etc all those kind of uh, applications were touted and we said yeah that, that, that those will be interesting but what we were more interested in is do do, do what we thought was fun uh, <laughs> and the, 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 the one part where we realized that we possibly uh, had done had missed the boat is when we pitched Union Square Ventures in uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we liked the idea a lot. Uh, said they were talking to a number of other companies. And, and, and uh, that's that's a big uh, VC. A big VC firm, yeah. And they uh, announced, let's say, two three months later, that they they were backing a company called Foursquare. Oh wow! <laughs> so Foursquare had, had built that kind of similar concept, not as not as sketchy yet to yet uh, type in where you were. And it had some lookup as to then say, okay, that 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 is the bar on that street, or the shop on that uh, mm-hmm. shopping street, and d- did the same concept on that location. But then they focused on, let's say, the uh, uh, the advertiser side, or the, uh, the side of the um, the location where you were. So they uh, created a platform for, say, shops or or pubs or mm-hmm. restaurants to. To basically uh, have a review or a, a, a popularity score of mm. how many people are there at any one time. So they kind of took a different direction, 
uh, at some point we said, look, this is not going to work. See if we can uh, sell the, uh, let the property be developed to a, uh, a larger company who take it on and, and, uh, and build it out. That company was, uh, was Myriad Group, was one of the companies we talked to. And they uh, eventually didn't acquire the company, but offered me a job, uh, which I kind of needed because I just had a first job. So <laughs> I think we've all I think we've all been there, Peter. So look, just look. That's a really interesting story, and it's. You mean to be honest, from my entrepreneurial experience, I would sort of consider that a successful lesson. You know, you actually executed on the product, and you were looking for the market, um, and you know the technology from other vendors were obviously moving along at the same time. What did you think as a as an experienced entrepreneur? You know. What did you learn out of that? You obviously had huge energy and execution and vision, but what do you think you got out of that whole experience? The two main things, I guess, is listen to people more uh, rather than uh, stick to your own uh, strong uh, conviction. Uh, so there's a balance there. And the, and the other is, I guess, is uh, be in the right place at the right time. I think it's it, it comes down to uh, a lot more luck than... Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm, I say this uh, because in a later situation, we, I know how serendipitous it was, uh, the events that led to the creation of my current company. Mm -hmm. And those points of luck or those serendipitous moments weren't there in the, in the last, uh, the last uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very good point. I, I, from my own experience, I think if you're going to follow the entrepreneur route you nearly need to look at his portfolio is some of your ideas won't work out and some of them will so you need to measure it's as people say it's more of a marathon than a sprint you need to think about it that way and i i think that's what happened so 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 peter so okay you you learned a lot from that venture uh, but what happened next you, yourself and roland there continue to work on projects yeah uh, so I, I joined a, a larger software company, uh, Myriad Group. Uh, very interesting uh, couple of years there, as well as with Genie Software in, uh, in Dublin. Uh, met loads of interesting people uh, and continue to kind of work on uh, my abilities or my capabilities in, in trying to find product market fit, launch products, uh, and now in the context of a, of a large organization with sometimes very large customers with totally different uh, needs. and. Having gone through that uh, that period of, of understanding how that works in a um, let's say in a larger company that, that has to take way more things into account, opens my perspective a lot more uh, from let's say where I was ten years ago, thinking okay I have a good idea I can just run with this good idea. Um, so the the more methodolog method methodologic uh, the more called, uh, methodical approach of how do you go from here's the good idea because because there are hundreds of good ideas at any given time you need to kind of chart a path to how you get from idea to where you need to uh, end up or where you want to end up mm -hmm. so in, in the case of tv adsync is it started off quite uh quite different from where we uh, are now we uh, we ronan and i uh, would get together often for coffee or for a beer and talk about things that were happening and one of the things that we uh, that he'd uh he'd done is work with uh, some tv broadcasters on uh, the intersection of TV and digital, uh, because lots of lots of people were starting to use their phone or, or like an iPad while they were watching TV, and he said there there must be something in that behavior where can you can you leverage what people are seeing on TV on digital. He's done mm -hmm. a couple of concepts where uh, mirroring the content on a on an iPad app and that kind of stuff, 
then we said, well, actually, if, if you could, if you just focus on the advertising, could you, could you prove that if you, if you had a consumer see a particular message on TV, that as a result, that, that influences their later purchase decision or their, their browsing behavior on, on smartphones or tablets. So we tested this by basically uh, detecting an ad using software out of a German research institute to, to detect an ad on, uh, on broadcast and then say, okay, trigger a burst of online advertising at the same time to coincide. And we realized, in fact, the engagement of online advertising improved significantly, five, six, seven times bigger than or norm, uh, higher than normal. That's that's a lot. Uh, so, that's a it's a huge difference in behavior. Yeah. So so realizing that, we built a, a, a an MVP uh, that leveraged leveraged broadcast monitoring to detect when ads appear in real time. We would then go to the advertisers and say, we know that a Mercedes ad appears on Saturday, seven o'clock, channel one. Would you like us to? To sync uh, your digital advertising with that moment, and uh, that worked very successfully. We, we did a bunch of stuff in Ireland, and in Turkey, and Germany, and UK. Mm -hmm. We went to the US. Um, we talked to a bunch of uh, uh, large media agencies, media buyers, and uh, presented the concept. And they kind of went, "Yeah, it's interesting, but uh, how are you going to make sure that you find that audience member that has just seen the ad?" Because we have like 500 channels in any, any given night. And that's a significant difference between, let's say, the European market, where you have a couple of very dominant channels that, that grab 10% uh, or more audience share on any given night, versus the US, where that is much lower. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, as you recall from uh, telling me telling you about uh, the Myriad Group, there was a, a French guy called Charvel. He, he worked in the device solutions uh, part of the business. And uh, I'd seen that he joined a startup in uh, TV data uh, collection in uh, San Francisco. So I, I more or less randomly uh, had sent him a Skype message, hey, Chabel, how's it going? What are you doing in this new company? Uh, how's the move to San Francisco? And it turned out what they were doing was uh, collecting uh, TV exposure data, but on an individual TV device. So we were doing it by monitoring a broadcast. And they were uh, embedding software in the TV that could sit in the TV and, uh, and create um, patterns of what the TV is doing. As in, it's showing an ad for Mercedes, showing uh, the news at nine, it's uh, showing uh, game footage from uh, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so we said, hey, could we get access to that data? And they were kind of a bit reluctant, uh, but it was just kept two startups talking to each other about it. The possibility of licensing data from TVs and using that in digital advertising. Um, then they were acquired by a large corporate, uh, Vizio. Vizio is a, is a number two TV manufacturer in the US. And um, all of a sudden, it's uh, the two of us in a room talking to a large TV hmm. conglomerate. So we thought that's never that, going to happen. That's, uh, that's, so a great, we, that's a great story, Peter. I mean, that's a great story of sort of um, you getting an instinctive feel for there might be something here and in effect the market catching up with you later that you 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 were pioneering this idea yourself and Roland and, and Charbel maybe and you suddenly the big corporates came and said hold on a second this is something that's interesting that's pretty mm -hmm. uh, probably realistic and also it goes to show what we talked about earlier is your look <laughs> your look came in that day so yeah. please, sorry please continue um, so uh, the conversation between two startups was a conversation between us and, a, and, a, and the second largest TV brand in the US. And eventually they said, actually, we, we, we would be interested in, in you guys taking this data and doing something. So 
Um, we adapted our platform to not take in broadcast information, but to take individual TV notifications of I am a TV and I've just seen a Mercedes TV spot. Uh, and then selling digital advertising on that basis. Um, well, so mm. essentially what the, what our platform allows us to do is, is tell an advertiser, we know, we know which audiences on any given day, month, week, have been exposed to your TV ads. And so we therefore know how to target them with a particular message, be a follow-on message or a, uh, a, a conquesting message to say and to see, okay, I know this is an audience of people who've seen Jaguar TV advertising, but we'd like to uh, hijack that message by uh, targeting those viewers with uh, advertising for BMW. Mm -hmm. So over the course of uh, the, the ensuing uh, three years, we built uh, that capability, built that business, so we grew from two to five to seven to uh, 10 uh, at the end of 2018. Um, and as we uh, grew, we realized that um, the more interesting thing that was happening was that um, uh, the TV viewings started to shift as well from, say, traditional linear uh, broadcast television to on-demand and um, mm -hmm. and com completely, uh, what's it called, completely um, uh, diversifying over across hundreds of apps, hundreds of, uh, uh, of other catch-up services, etc. It became very difficult for advertisers, TV advertisers, to figure out where their advertising is actually shown and what it's doing. And there was no single point of truth. Uh, in broadcast television, there was. It was Nielsen. Nielsen just has a rating and says, this many people watch your show based on a sampling of the, the overall audience. We said, well, actually, if you, if you have that, that uh, sampling be, in our case, now at 22 million uh, US TVs. So, 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 so large. hold on a sec, Peter. You, you are sampling 22 million US TVs. Yeah. Now, just for a moment, just think about that. That is quite a reach and it's quite a, uh, a milestone for you as a startup. I, I, I'm just really impressive number. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, let, let, let me go to the, the, the part where it gets interesting and it's been given, been able to, to give us the, the advantage in markets that having seen so much data. Uh, analyzing how uh, different exposures to different TV shows and, and TV ad uh, commercials uh, influences TV viewing behavior for the future. So that's kind of where we're going now and it's where our, our, our platform uh, is really starting to shine. So we work a lot with uh, entertainment brands, so uh, Viacom and, and NBC and Lionsgate, uh, to help them understand uh, how their TV advertising, also their digital advertising, and how they help their, their viewers increase viewership for a particular show or a particular piece of a movie or, 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 or a game. And that's kind of where we really, really specialized. So mm -hmm. we, we collect all this data and then help combine that particular exposure data for, for advertising campaigns for, let's say, The Voice. And we analyze all of that and find what the, what the uh, best way to advertise is. So to, 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 to basically say, okay, well, where for every uh, 10 million viewers you're not reaching on linear TV, you should be spending it on connected TV advertising. And for of that audience that you're missing, still another 20% and you should find them on digital. So this is the, the, the ultimate measure of how your campaigns are performing. Okay, no, that's, that's a fascinating story, Peter. And I think it's a great example of what you might call um, following, the market following you and you mm -hmm. making the market at the same time. And it's led to a very successful startup at TV AdSync. So congratulations to yourself and Ronan. And thanks for a really interesting and honest, I think, uh, story about how you got to where you are after some setbacks and then learning from the setbacks and moving forward. Um, at, this point, at this point in the podcast, we 
I always like to ask our guests if they have a piece of music they'd like to play it on. So, uh, do you have anything you're interested in that you'd like to share with us? It's a hard one, Pat. Uh, um, I, I have so many favorite songs, but I'll, I'll if you can find it, the New Radicals. You get what you give. From about '99, <laughs> I think, or 2000. I know it. Uh, you know it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay, that's a great choice, Peter, and and uh, all the best to you and Ronan in TV AdSync. Thanks, Pat.